welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast. Returning to the podcast is former Olympic speed skier turned Ski Sunday presenter Graham Bell. Graham, welcome. Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, good. Can't wait to get cracking on this one. Uh, we'll be looking back at the women's race from Killington as well as the men's speed races from Lake Louise before looking ahead to the ladies as they take over the track from the men in Lake Louise as they race speed and the men move over to Beaver Creek for GS, Super G and downhill action. Uh, Graham, thanks for joining me. Let's start with the ladies' GS. Yeah, so women's GS from Killington. I think women's GS right now, one of the more open of the disciplines. Lots of uh, potential winners uh, in this category. And I was, th- you know, before the race, I was looking at who could possibly win it. Uh, and I was thinking, obviously, Schifrin. Um, we had. Uh, uh, Robinson, uh, obviously, she she'd actually hurt her knee prior to the race in Solden. A lot of people don't know. It's actually she hurt her knee prior hurt her knee prior to Solden, uh, but then won in Solden and then went off to have uh, a minor operation. Wasn't sure if she was in a race Killington. In the end, she raced, but then crashed out in the first run. So you had Schifrin, Robinson, uh, Vulhover, Ravensburg, Holdner, Wally. Uh, Brunoni Brunoni who won last year as well so you've got some eight skiers I I think I named eight skiers who could potentially win Uh, the one skier who I didn't name uh, (laughs) was Marta Marta Bassino who ended up winning uh, and took her maiden uh, giant slalom world cup win so we've had two GS's of the season so far and we've had two skiers who've uh, registered their first maiden wins. So women's GS, really wide open, really interesting this season. I think it makes a nice change, doesn't it? Especially when we're talking about the domination that Schifrin has had over such a long period of time. And like you say, both giant stars, both been a turn up for the books. And to have Schifrin only just get, you know, just getting her act together to get back on the podium. She nearly missed out on the podium at her home at her home race. Yeah, well, she got third in the end. And with the second that she got in Solden, she is still leading the uh, the Giant Slalom World Cup. Just thought it was, I she just won thought, last year. It's quite funny, though, because she didn't win uh, Killington last year. No. And she obviously didn't win it this year. I think the last time she won a Giant Slalom on a home snow was Squaw Valley a couple of years ago. I just, so I I'm not really sure. Yeah. I'm trying to work out why it's not gone her way in Killington yet because well, not... I, I can, I've got a theory for this oh, yeah, good. so yeah, okay. I was thinking that what Killington need to do to allow Michaela Schifrin to win the giant slalom is they need to just pour a whole load of water onto the hill from the very top right the way down because instead it seems to be that they're just watering the steep section at the bottom and, and the top it looked really kind of uh, the snow was really aggressive uh, and it looked like it cut up ever so slightly on the yeah, top it, section of the course. It did look like it cut up. If that it? had been a preparation, say, like Kranzgagora, um and, and just bulletproof top just to bottom. Bulletproof top to bottom, uh the you know, so that she can run with them like her favoured, really aggressive setup. Yeah. Uh and and bumpy as well. Make it like a European giant slalom. So that race. she can really get to grips with that and you use her well, what probably is superior technique in giant slalom to most of the certainly yeah m- most of the field anyway. Yeah, that's that's how that's how Schifrin would win in Killington if if you know like say if if, uh, if you were the groundskeeper of a cricket uh, ground, you're always trying to prepare the ground for your home team. You know, you prepare to your strengths, and I don't know why they don't do that. Well, uh, they also had to shorten the they had to shorten the start, didn't they? Because it looked like it, 
due to the wind. I'm assuming. Yeah, just, yeah. The wind, wind made it. I wonder if that made a down. difference to her. Maybe with the fitness side of things, possibly. Uh, it certainly made for a very tight race. Uh, it was an interesting race, the the giant slalom. Yeah, well, Brunoni looking like she was gonna, you know, that second run charge, she put herself in with a real shout. But then somebody so fresh, as you just spoke about with her maiden victory, Bassino leading after the first run, and it held her nerve and still managed to walk away, you know, quarter of a second in front. Yeah, and she skied that very smart, uh, Bassino, on the second run. Uh, you know, she didn't take huge amounts of risk, just enough. She did it just enough down the steep as well. Uh, it was a very good example of, uh, of skiing smart uh, on that second run. But yeah, some some interesting uh, interesting racing. Um, did you see Estelle Alfa on the first run? Did you no, see? I didn't, oh, no. uh, there was some there was some quite interesting steering pivots. Uh, so <laughs> very diplomatically put, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a new take on, on the video. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So that was quite interesting. Um, Sophia Goggia, uh, fast. Eleventh, uh, she placed uh, for the for the for downhill skier. Shows that she's been uh, really working on her, you know, her form this year, and uh, you know that's looking good for for Goggia, I think. Well, you, uh, I think when, you've got when a few. We move on next week. Well, you've got a few ladies really looking at overalls as well now. I think it's you've got obviously Goggia starting to do more disciplines. You've got Michelle Gissin, who seems to be skiing incredibly well what was she there i think she was fifth was she in yes yeah, yeah fourth yeah, so yeah fourth fourth, fourth so she, you know she's upping her game in lots of disciplines uh, and you know obviously well, they can look Brunoni they can look at the overall world cup but they're not going to get past michaela Schifrin. so it's basically if Schifrin were to hurt herself you know touch wood she doesn't um you know there's a lot of skiers out there who are who are kind of yeah, you looking know to pick up looking to points. pick up the second place if you like um yeah interesting uh i think perhaps the big story for us was uh was alex tilly though oh what a good ski that was oh brilliant on the first run uh very very windy on the top for tilly very windy and she came through it kept her head um skied you know, well through that difficult conditions, just snuck in. I think she was twenty seventh when she came across the line, and it was like, oh, you know. But she started fifty first, so there wasn't that many left in the race. I think there was only sixty left in the race. So it's like, oh, this every single skier down. It's like I was watching on um, on uh, Eurosport Player, and because they didn't show it live on Eurosport TV. So I was watching on the on the player, and so you get it with ambient sound. You don't get any commentary. You're just watching, and uh, it was actually interesting. I was watching, and uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it was just you could hear, yeah, right very very nerve wracking right to the very end. You could hear the wind blowing uh, on the top of the course, just what whistling past the cameras. Yeah, Oof. yeah, yeah, yeah. And but, then, but what a what a second run. So she <laughs> plays. So she plays equal thirtieth. Uh, and then because she had the higher start number, uh, she went uh, second. Because she second. would have been a judge to have done better yes. than the person with the lowest uh, start. Maria Therese Tviberg started 26. Uh, and so they tied. So when they flipped the, the start list, uh, Tviberg went number one and uh, uh, did Tilly a favour by crashing out uh, and actually caught, uh, overloaded the inside ski, the inside ski bit 
and there was that was how that's what it did for Robinson as well yeah. in the first run. Uh, that aggressive snow on the top of the course, uh, her inside ski like over over bit over commit and then, yeah, yeah and then you get this kind of outrigger going on and then a a kind of uh, a racing backwards snowplow <laughs> um, spin out of the course uh, which is very dangerous uh, for you know potential knee injuries and knee damage um, but uh, you know touch wood I think they were both okay in the end uh, yeah so um, and then second run uh, Tilly absolutely nailed it down the steep really full attack full risk I wonder if it, if she had a bit of a sort of point to prove after Solden because she didn't really go for it that hard on the second run in Solden so taking advantage finally of this you know perfect course near enough great conditions and obviously that bib number then all of a sudden becomes a case of well I've got to do something about it I'm not yeah. trying to protect anything I'm not trying to finish ski to the bottom yeah um, I've got to go and make a statement and get myself back where I belong back in that 30 yeah and so having spoken to Noel just before we came on it looks like she's going to be touch and go for WCSL for the World Cup start list for um uh, Courchevel in a couple of weeks time so she'll be right on the bubble it depends a little bit on injuries cause... yeah so we check this she's lying 37th but there's quite a few uh, races that are out either retired or uh, or injured with with injury trouble so hopefully for Tilly we will um, she'll be inside the 30 and, and use that as a bit of a springboard to try and um, continue that rise yeah back so the next GF. women's giant slalom is in uh, a couple of weeks two time. weeks time in Courchevel and when the circuit moves back to France yeah, so that should be yeah, exciting that'd be stuff. A nice, that'd be yeah. a nice uh, one to look forward to, especially for her. She's just come home for a little break, so recharge the batteries a bit before she uh, continues her season, that busy period running up to Christmas. Um, and so my pick, Tessa Worley, didn't really go the way I'd hoped, and she had a bit of a, bit of a dodgy day. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, fifth place. Still pretty good. Yeah, well, I mean, I half a second, <laughs> half a second off uh, Bassino. I mean, I wouldn't have picked Bassino. Um, I was hoping that Meta Hovrat uh, would do better. Um, yeah, uh, that was my kind of outside shout for uh, for the win, but not to be. Italians just very, very strong. Yeah, they sit must like that. You know, those sort of snow conditions. Obviously, something they've been training on. Uh, and so, if we move across to the slalom. Uh, I think Schifrin really put the hammer down, didn't she? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I don't know. She Again, she did it the same last year. Didn't go as well as she would have hoped in the giant slalom last season when she was fourth, missing the podium, and then smashed the slalom yeah. the following day. And she did exactly the same. Well, this is four years in a row now that she's won the Killington slalom. And yeah, she loves the hills. It's steep enough. It's challenging enough that uh, you know she can really blast. And I was thinking, you know, what is the one thing that Schifrin does well? And I think the answer to that is is everything. The one <laughs> thing that she does well is everything. She doesn't. She basically there's not a single fault to to anything that she does. You know, she, she's one of those skiers where you can't point a finger and say, oh, you know, Bodie Miller, he's great at this. You know, yes. or Marcel here, she he was great at that. With Michaela Schifrin, she's just go good across the board with yeah. everything she does whether it's her mental approach whether it's you know uh whether it's physical whether it's you know tactical you know 
everything. Everything she everything. does well. It's, even even the attention with the, to detail yeah. is incredible. And even the team. technique as well. You know, her technique when you're actually breaking down her ski technique. Um, you know, the line that she skis. Uh, you know, she skis quite a, a rounded line, which I think makes. Um, a good advantage for her when you get the second run and it's a little bit rough it's a little bit bumpy uh, in the interview afterwards she she said she felt like she was going to fall on every gate uh, she was certainly she was certainly not resting on her laurels in that second run yeah. like off the steep and onto the flat she had a couple of moments where she did like you were saying yeah. bounced into a couple of ruts yeah. and just risking everything but 2.3 seconds near enough yeah. that she took that yeah, two point two nine over Petra Vlahova. Just yeah. and she, it was night and day. Schifrin skiing that on that Sunday was absolute night and day. It's pretty much yeah. She didn't win the second run um, because it did get quite cut up. Uh, the second run was won by Nina Hava Loseth, who placed fifth and uh, matched her performance that she did in Levy. Also got fifth there, and it's great to see the Norwegian back because she blew a knee last year and uh, she seems to be back and. Uh, Heading towards the podium. Yeah, well, and again, another person moving up through WCSL. She's in the second group, so she's from that eight to fifteen, and so with those couple of fifths, just how it works, you know, edging her way back towards the front. Because I think um, Nina had a, a good charge on the second run, wasn't it? I think her first run wasn't quite as good. Second run yeah, absolutely yeah. put a blinder down yeah. and, and moved her way back towards the top. But it was just a, uh, it was a tricky day for a lot of women getting bounced around a bit because yeah. like you say it did cut up a bit but um... so the closest to uh, Schifrin on the first run was Petra uh, Vulhova I think that's Vul- Vulhova Vulhova mm-hmm. I think you don't pronounce the O you don't stress the O um, apparently um, that's what I've been told in getting, uh, getting your Slovakian lessons Slovakian yeah it's almost like Vulhova so you sort of stumble yeah. it out almost yeah yeah. it's not <laughs> over you never say over you don't with Russian names either okay yeah just a little tip. We, I'll call but her Petra. Let's just call her Petra. Yeah. <laughs> We're on first names terms with uh, the Slovakian. We could just call her the, 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 the tall Slo- Slovakian skier. She had a bit of a shocker on the first run, but still placed second behind Schifrin. Um, just tripping a couple of times. Really kind of, you know, uh, boot topping on a couple of the gates. and Just cutting a bit too direct. Yeah, yeah. Well, you talk about the snow conditions. You know, that's very easy. If With it being aggressive... Those slight moves, if the tips are slightly too sharp to what she was after, that the ski will bite a bit quicker, and yeah. then you know she'll boot out on a few gates. So, I mean, she's going to have to do a lot more changes to make up over two seconds as we move forward through the season. But let's hope somebody can get a bit closer to Schifrin to make a bit of a race of it in slalom. Yeah, third place, Anna Sven Larsen. She's yeah. quite an interesting style of skier with that big arm, that wide arm carriage that she's got moving there. She's quite tall as well, isn't she? She's yeah, quite a... it's not a, not a particularly aesthetically pleasing style. N- no. Should we say? <laughs> again, very diplomatically <laughs> very put again. Diplomat. Again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what about the Austrian team, the Katarinas? Uh, Truppe and... Um, yeah, lots of Katarinas on the Austrian team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, because they've got Katarina Huber. Oh, yeah. Uh, they've got Katarina Trooper and they've got Katarina Gal Huber and Katarina Linsberger. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think that is right. <laughs> yeah. um, um, well, they've got it. The, the Austrian tech, tech side of stuff is not quite having the same uh, rewards that they do on the speed side. So I think you've got to have some, some of these ladies stepping up. I mean, you've got Linsberger, who's. 
I, I guess ultimately still getting to grips with that Rosnew equipment after the um well, she was going to switch Kessle. to Kessley, wasn't she? Debacle. Now, I've skied on a couple of Kessleys, and they were... Didn't you used to write... Did you used to no, write... No, 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 no. I mean, um, the the guy from Kessley was uh, Sobrigan. Okay. Back in the day. And uh, Kessley did make some good race skis. Um, but when they came back onto the market, uh, I've tested them. I tested them at the SIGB ski test. And they were very much a free ride ski. They had a feeling of a free ride ski. And so for them to be suddenly producing a race ski, that was a bit of a surprise to me. Um, but obviously, uh, Linsberger liked them, wanted to ski on them, uh, but couldn't get a boot that would allow her to ski yeah, in no. and, and split the split the uh, the kind of... Uh, the ski pool. Yeah, the ski pool of, of, uh, of having to go with boot binding and, and ski manufacturer all in a wanna. Well, I think and, by the yeah. sounds of it, Rosignol were um, played a yeah. You know, played, played hard hardball, and the Austrian the... Ski Federation uh, didn't back up Katarina uh, Linsberger and basically messed things up. Yeah, so I think well, I think isn't I think Kessler's made in her hometown, so I think that was the link to what to, to her sort of right, going back on. And, to, and yeah. I think my uh, so I hear is that they were sponsoring almost her. Uh, the whole team around her as well, so ah, sort of um, okay. they were chucking some, some chucking serious. a few euros around, okay, trying to, and then obviously that sort of happened. So she's going to be still getting back grips with, with yeah, the well back to Rosie, yeah, um, tail between her legs a little bit, but uh, you know, well, wow. uh, yeah, and then um, good. <laughs> and then British performance, Alex Tilly um, started second again, <laughs> placed 29th, started second again. Um, in the slalom, but didn't have the the uh, the second run charge in slalom that uh, she had in giant slalom. No, uh, just had a. In fact, hats off to her for staying in the course because she got pretty late on that yeah one, so. on that spot of the yeah. seat. Um, yeah. But yeah, still managing to well with twenty fourth with a few DNFs on that second run. So that actually does, as we were talking earlier, that opens up another spot for GB. Because she scored seven World Cup points. So we'll now have both ladies, both British ladies, able to compete. In well, the that's really good news. Slalom. So that's that... really good news. Well done, Alex, for staying in the course because yeah. I thought she was going out and down. And maybe, you know, maybe Alex Tilly a few years ago maybe would have gone out and down. So it shows that... She's got some really good fight to her. Yeah, and she's good got stuff. obviously, and that gets Charlie Guest a spot in uh, the slalom in uh, Courchevel. Yep, so you've got two two in the slalom now. So all in all, good good weekend for Alex Tilly. Take those points, and the Brits as well. So yeah, no good stuff. Uh, we also have Briannoni making a. She got a second run. She's actually skiing quite well until she yeah. Uh, yeah. DNF'd. Yeah, so another one looking to score. You know, talk about scoring some points. Wendy Holdner still chasing that World Cup win, straddled second gate on the second run. Won't live long in the in the memories for her, I don't think. No, no. I actually got a message from uh, Alex Tilly's uh, sponsor. Um, oh, while Quinny. The, yeah, from Quinny. <laughs> while the while the race is going on. <laughs> is, it, is it is it yeah. repeatable or? Yeah, no, no. It was like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Getting well, particularly in the giant slalom when she was uh, in the in the leader's in the, the leader's chair. chair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well done, Alex. Yeah, good stuff. Um, Shall we take a look at the men's event? Yeah. So it's really good, actually. Having I like having the racing over in uh, in North America because you can watch kind of the you know in the afternoon and evening 
you don't have to get up ridiculously early in the morning <laughs> so you can go and about your day and then uh, you, someone actually said on Twitter oh that's brilliant I can watch that while the family watch um, what's it uh, Strictly, Strictly Strictly Come Dancing <laughs> go hide away and watch something else <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll go down and sit in my office get them a computer out and watch Eurosport Player and uh, the family can watch uh, uh, Strictly Come Dancing yeah so uh, yeah so Lake Louise um, picture perfect yeah look bring back some good memories certainly did for me well I never liked Lake Louise as a course particularly it was too easy but um, too, too tame didn't, for you Grendon. too tame and I, and I never liked that kind of cold dry uh, snow um, you know it, it wasn't kind of uh, you know, not loose and rough and wild no, enough it wasn't, for you. yeah it wasn't yeah not blue enough for me um <laughs> So, yeah, so it wasn't my kind of favourite stop on the tour. Um, obviously, you know, course, kicks off, yeah, course but it kicks wise. off the season as well, doesn't it? Yeah, so. it's, a good, it's, a good, uh, it's a good place to start off, I think. Um, you know, so, uh, and, and a really exciting race. The, the downhill was, uh, men's downhill is particularly difficult to call. Well, really hard to call, especially uh, hard to call when the guy that wins blew his knee last year so absolutely no take on form Thomas Dressen first race back takes the win just under a quarter of a second over Dominic Paris who uh, who skied very very well in the lower half of the course and then we had a tied third place um, Carlo Janka and Biat Foyts Janka actually won both training runs in the build up to the race day which I'm really pleased that he seems to have found some form again because he sort of he had that massive patch of really really good form all the way through the Vancouver Games all that sort of early uh, 2010 and 11 period yeah and then he had, then the he had heart, that heart issue heart problem uh, yeah and then and a then, back problem and just had issue after issue after issue and looks like fingers crossed the man has found some form yeah but it's interesting that you know you win both the training runs and then you don't convert in the race. Um, it's hard, though, isn't it? What were you like when you were racing, when you were doing training runs? Did you race hard on all the training runs? I kind of feel like a lot of these guys, especially as we've got an established group of sort of uh, elder statesmen, shall we call them, on the World Cup Tour, that they would have skied these tracks so many yeah, times yeah. that maybe they just weren't trying quite as hard. And But Yanka would have skied there a lot and he just decided that he was going yeah, to go out yeah. there and show him what and he was about. did actually he didn't um, I looked at the split times from the training runs as well um, because I was looking at kind of potential winners and actually uh, Vincent Kriechmeier on the last training run uh, was leading uh, Janka uh, as he went down fall away but missed the gate um, at the bottom of uh, C-turn. the bottom of C-turn and uh, then slowed up and had a big mistake down there. So, um, yeah, so both Kriegmeier and Janka were fast in training. But I think what happened was it was ultra, ultra cold. It was like minus 20 for the training runs, and it warmed up for race day. And you could see by the times uh, that the snow just got quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker mm-hmm. as, as it warmed up. And that would have meant that people were using different skis. So they would have switched from using their cold skis to using slightly warmer different skis, grinds. different yeah. grinds. And, you know, it's one of those times where, you know, training runs, training schmaining, as they say. Don't mean anything. Don't mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> 
and uh, yeah so that was yeah that and that was the case and uh, you know you come back to the the two that were you know strong last year in downhill uh, Dominic Paris and Biat Foyts and you're thinking right okay it's going to be between those two mm. and uh, you know Foyts went down number five uh, took the lead uh, Yanka came down right after him number six now oh. the way the way that it works in downhill. Uh, if you're if you're an odd number, it means that you're in the top ten in the world. If you're an even number, uh, it means you're between ten and or between eleven and twenty. So Yanka's ranking not quite as good, but was lucky with his draw. Put picks uh, was drawn six, started right after Foyts, tied with Foyts, and then Paris came down and uh, and beat them and took the took the lead, and then Dressen came down thirteen and won it by two hundredths of a second. Very, very exciting race. Great tight racing, but and but yeah, Dressen obviously thinks that knees knees back pretty strong. Just went out there and took it took it to those guys. Yeah, Dressen kind of made it up on the very that that very last turn. Once you kind of come out of the gun barrel, mm. so you've come down fall away. Uh, he really nailed that turn onto that final flat. Was able to pick up time on on Paris because Paris is a big lad and he will be able to carry that momentum all the way to the finish yeah. uh, Dressen isn't quite as large still as, a unit though isn't he yeah he's still Oof. yeah he's not as tall as Paris I mean Tar- Paris is tall and big he, you know he must be 100 kilos plus yeah and there, yeah, yeah say, maybe say. even yeah 110 yeah I'd but get... one thing I'd say about Dominic Paris is he looks in really good shape this year like physically he doesn't have that same kind of uh, um, coating um, of, uh, <laughs> right, of insula- I'm not sure. This is not what I'm insulation. expecting from you. When, when you coming have... on the podcast, all of these PC <laughs> terminologies. He doesn't have the same. The yeah. He doesn't have the same insulation coating <laughs> as he had last year, and that's making a difference to his skiing. And particularly, I mean, did you see him in uh, in Solden? He missed the cut by, I think it was just a couple of tenths of a second in giant slalom. Men's giant slalom, and Dominic Paris. Admittedly, he's starting thirty-one because he's got the you know the four hundred points. But even so, uh, to to only just miss the cut, it shows he's been really working on his uh, on his technical skiing, and he's he was always strong uh, in in downhill and super G. So now he's maybe adding you know I don't think he'll do any other giant slaloms this season. Uh, but he's well, in wonder, there for the combined. Well, I wonder if he'll do it for um, Beaver Creek because he'll be racing downhill Super G and then GS and then the maybe stick yeah, a he GS may, run. He may yeah. well race the GS, and, but, but then yeah. I think you're probably right in terms of because most of the time the tour doesn't fall that way into, with with giant slums being so close to a downhill. But you're you're right. He's he's definitely looking to step into that yeah. Hirsha hole. Now the last time a downhiller won the uh, the overall World Cup. Um, an out-and-out downhiller who didn't start any technical events or any combines uh, was Luc Alphon back in 97, I think it was, when he won the overall World that Cup. far back? Yeah. That's the last time a pure downhiller has, has won it. And it's it's virtually impossible to do with the number of races that, that there are more tech races than there are speed races and it's so hard to be consistent to you know you have to be winning you know scoring a hundred points in pretty much every single race you enter uh in in downhill in order to be able to do that 
But I think that Dominic Paris has an outside shout this year because of the the Alpine combined. Yeah. Because they've they basically they rescued this discipline. They were going to get rid of it. Uh, they've now given it the kind of CPR. They've given it restarted. The, yeah, yeah. They've restarted its heart, and they've put three of them on the program. Uh, Vengen uh, is running as a downhill and slalom event on the Friday, uh, and then there's one in Hinterstoda. Um, so super, that's which be a is super a G. super G yeah. one as well, and then I think there's one again in um, is it? What was it? It's not Bangsko, is it? It's later on in the season. That it's could uh, be Bansko, yeah. So there's three, and the, the two of them are super well, G. Did, yeah, Bangsko did a, a Alpine combined last yeah. year because that was where uh, Marco Schwartz did his knee. So it might be, yeah, yeah, you could be right there. So yeah, you're right actually. Giving and, him a and, shout for the overall, but they've changed the rules in it as well. So it means that if you win the super G section, which should go first, you then start one in the slalom. So, you know, Dominic Paris, if he's, you know, he could easily win the super G, he probably will win the super G, he probably win the one in Wangen, win the downhill section in Wangen, means he gets to ski one. Fresh tracks. Fresh, fresh tracks, course. fresh course. Uh, you've got his biggest rival for those uh, Alpine combines is Pantero. Uh, Pantero will do pretty well in the Super G so yeah. he'll be starting probably in the top 10 yeah um, Pantero will probably beat Paris but Paris will only lose 20 points to him well yeah and, and uh, Pantero's obviously got a little bit of work to do in his slalom seeing as he missed the cut in Levy so yes he, he, there is that yeah he's gonna it, it's slalom skiing it, it, he didn't even make that many mistakes no, no big mistakes in Levy but he'd been training really well apparently he'd been skiing really fast really really fast and then just wasn't quite at the races um, when it came to uh, results in Levy but we will see the other yeah, per- so, person I was in uh, sorry Grant the person I was disappointed that I didn't see a little bit more on was Bryce Bennett from the States I kind of thought I, and I mentioned it when I did my picks for uh, for this race last week Um I had him as an you know an outside shot because he'd skied so well last season and he'd got a bunch of top was he fifth fourth and third like back to back during last season and I just thought this track might suit his sort of style it's got a great tuck and folds himself up lovely yeah really nice for a tall bloke gets down into a small position down in 23rd place the Americans doing uh, Steve Nyman and Travis Ganong both both tied actually tied in tenth. Yeah, and that's good because uh, you know they're they're both they're kind of still on that comeback trail. That's the last year they were racing, um, but they they were kind of you know struggling to come back from injury. Mm. It looks like this season uh, they're fighting fit and really raring to go. And I guess tenth, it's not it's not the worst, it's not the best, but it's you know it's a good start to the season I think for the Americans for where they are. I thought the Frenchman may be a little bit disappointing um, uh, as a team. Adrian Teo got ninth, uh, Johan Clary thirteenth. Um, you know they could do you know they they will be wanting to do better at some point in the season. I think it's tough you know, though with those the two names that you mentioned though Clary and Teo they're both. Um, I've got a few years on most of these guys and the youngsters haven't quite managed to fill their boots just yet. Yeah, Mousseton the next... Yeah, the next, 16th. But from outside the 30... Um, uh, what is the... Um, Mathieu Billier. 
Yeah, Niels Herleg, and then you've got oh, Brice Roger. So he started to do stuff end of last season, but never they haven't quite had that uh, anybody really stepping up and really taking over from the two elder statesmen of the team. And I think it's yeah, and Blaise Giesendanner, the one with British connections. Oh, yeah, and uh, so not a great race for Blaise. But Blaise third tends to favour Super G a, a little bit more, but I think it's just. It's tough for those guys that they haven't really necessarily got maybe they a race winner in, in their arsenal just Maybe yet. they breathed in too much of that volcano smoke from when they were training in the summer. What, down in Chile? Yeah, yeah, they were training on an active volcano. <laughs> so maybe they all just like breathed in too much sulphur. Down, downhill's not dangerous enough, let's do it on a volcano. <laughs> they could well erupt <laughs> at any time. Um, but yeah, so a good, a really great set of racing and it just shows downhill in its best light such tight racing uh, the whole way down the Norwegians coming back Jans would start hopefully I'm hoping that he's going to kick off well I think I form. think I think the the Norwegian downhill team are a little bit like the Austrian tech team you know yeah. they've lost their kind of uh, figurehead. figurehead their their main man uh, the, the 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 team leader Axel Lundsvendal is retired, and they've got to try and find a way of, of of working without Axel. It's a little bit different in that the Norwegian team had a very different setup. They you know they 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 basically they work as a very closely knit team, and everyone pulls their own weight. Everyone does their own thing. You know, no one gets treated differently. Um, but and and losing. Axel from that close knit community mm. would be hard for these, you know, for the guys like uh, Jansrud and Kilda and and the other Norwegians uh, coming through. Uh, is it um, uh, what's it name? Oh, uh, yes, Smithet. Stesersted. Yes, Adrian Smithet Sjersted. Yeah, that's yeah, and yeah. So those guys coming through, those young guys coming through, you know. Yeah, it's it's going to affect the dynamic of their team because they're a very closely knit team. Whereas the Austrian tech team, here she was never part of that team no, anyway. He's a solo, so solo he just isn't. took the press, you know, attention away from the likes of uh, uh, Schwartz and and Matt. Uh, and Matt and uh, you know and uh, you know those guys. Well, um, he were Jansrud was mentioning it even before, like he made put a thing up on his social media saying that it was the first. Uh, race for over a decade they'd been you know obviously there had been injuries but in terms of like you know yeah. going to, into a season without 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 Svindal I mean you know for his whole career when he's been at the top anyway the Svindal's been there leading the way and, and being a real a proper teammate yeah a proper teammate yeah. so uh, I, I, I'm hoping we'll see a little bit more form from from Jansrud to come come on the uh, on the rest of the circuit should we move over to Super G? So yeah, so Super G, um, again, another exciting race. And uh, Dominic Paris, uh, very much in the frame again for the win here. And uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, the, um, the lead was taken uh, early doors by uh, Mauro uh, Cavietzel of Switzerland. Uh, good ski from him. Uh, and then Kriechmeier, um, tied with him, but Dominic Paris took the lead away uh, by just I think yeah. So Dominic Paris came down and beat Cavietzel by nine hundredths of a second, and then Kriechmeier came down a couple of races later and tied with Cavietzel. So we've had a we had a tie on the podium in the downhill, 
and then a tie on the podium in the Super G. Uh, but then Matthias Meyer starting number 13, um, uh, you know, Olympic champion, uh, comes down and, uh, and absolutely nails, particularly the one section of the course between uh, fishnet and into fall away. So he comes around that left footed turn, the fishnet, and then takes a lot of risk with the line going on to fall away, but is able to just, just kind of carry all of his speed. We skid it clean, didn't he? Straight down. Didn't panic. Yeah, did not it panic. It was in his plan. It wasn't yeah. a case of, I've got to this turn on the fall away and I'm in the wrong position. He just knifed it. Maybe it was, you know, I'm sure it was a plan. The Austrians are very, very, uh, in. they're going to loads of detail when they're looking at their inspection. So I'm sure it probably was. It looked like it was planned, but he yeah. absolutely knifed it. No panic. Right foot, straight away onto that left, into that sort of C-turn section and absolutely just yeah. put the edge on the snow and railed it and carried so much heat. Yeah, I mean, it was just a question of, yeah, you could boil that race down to one turn won it for him you know just carried and that would because that's that whole section of sea turn after you go break away onto it that is the bit that then carries the heat for the whole of that bottom section it's a very very flat section uh, just as you come through that gun barrel part and then before it turns uh, right down towards the finish which is again a little rolly there's nothing really going on there and so that one turn you talk about, that C-turn section, is the key to that racetrack. And he absolutely nailed it. Four tenths, which is a decent margin, especially, you know, again, Bib 13, like the races have come down, you'd have a chance to have a little watch of what was going on and just went... Oh, four tenths is massive, is massive, because if you look at how close everyone was stacked, um, you know, up to that point, you know, I think Adrian Teo was ninth and one second down. And so there's, you know, there's... There's there's basically seven people crammed into into uh, into six tenths and he's four tenths yeah. ahead. Yeah, it's impress a real <clears throat> impressive ski, um, and we've seen yet another joint podium that was quite cool. Marco Odemat again putting in some consistent skiing now. You know, yeah, man yeah, world junior champion, isn't he? Yeah. Year. So what did he win at the world juniors? Was it everything? Yes. <laughs> no, I think he won four out of five. I don't think it was quite everything. Four out of five. Yeah. Um, I can't remember which one it was that he didn't win now. Um, but yeah, four out of five. And he has, again, we talked about overall, he's got a real shot here, even though he's so young, because he's still... He's, I don't think he's won for this year's overall. I think, I think you're yeah, talking I think next year. it's a long year, shot. Next, year, next year's overall, Marco Odomat. You could probably, if you could find someone to take your money now... You could put a long-term yeah. bet on, yeah. but you wouldn't collect for a year and a half. Uh, Thomas Dressen backing up his downhill win with a top 10 in Super G, just yeah. sneaking into 10th. Yeah. I think I, I was quite impressed with um, Alexander Omakilda. He switched back from head uh, to Atomic, and I think he suits Atomic much better. I think he was really nailing it on the in the Super G um, in Beaver Creek, and it's not his favourite type of snow. He doesn't like this kind of aggressive, catchy snow. No, because he's an absolute powerhouse, isn't yes. he? He's an absolute yeah. machine, fitness-wise. Give him a, a warm, um, kind of icy... I say warm, so it's frozen solid overnight, and but it's kind of wet ice. Slick. Blue, yeah. slick as anything, bumpy, uh, dark in Garmish, uh, and he's your man. And the way he's skiing right now... 
um, you know, he's going to win races this season. You just got to pick that form. You just got to pick the right one that he will win. He might even win in Beaver Creek. Depends on the weather conditions. Depends on how they prepare the track. It does tend to be a bit grippier there, though. A little, doesn't it? It seems how much water are they going to pour on? Yeah, that's the question, isn't it? Yeah, and for him to, like you say, to to ski at his best, he needs it a little bit more wild and ready. A bit like Innerhofer, you know, somebody that you go when it's rough. Yeah, it's somebody that you go. He's not going to shy away from this challenge. And so uh, he, you're right. I think he's going to be there or thereabouts. A little disappointing. Beat Foyt's down in uh, 15th. Well, Beat Foyt has never really done great in Super G. He's, you know, he's not your man for Super G. He just seems to kind of because he's got this kind of like light touch, and what makes him so good at downhill is he kind of is this light touch at the beginning of the turn. Uh, he just doesn't have the time to do it in mm. Super G. Uh, so the turns are just coming at him too quickly. Uh, he's not, you know, he's not kind of, uh, you know, fast enough through transition from one turn to another because he wants to do this kind of feathered light touch at yeah. the beginning of the turn, and he doesn't have the time for it in Super G. I mean, he's not bad; he's fifteenth in the race, <laughs> um, but he's not, you know, the same as he is in downhill. But yeah, a, a great race, uh, all in all, and you know, it's it's set things up quite nicely. Um, you know, the Austrians looking strong, Matthias Meyer and Kriechmeyer um, on the podium. And they've got other Austrians as well. You know, Max France um, looking pretty strong, like his u- usual kind of uh, aggressive self. I yeah, think he another would... one that's looking for some, some more <clears throat> tricky conditions. Yeah, yeah. And they've got some, you know, some youngsters coming through as well. Christian uh, Valder. Um, and who was the other youngster they had starting early? Um, well, Dan- well, Dankelmeyer. Dankelmeyer. Dankelmeyer's got um, Hirsch's technician. Yeah, Christoph Kren. You know they've got they've got kind of strength and depth. They've also got the old man still racing. Ne- uh, Hannes Reichelt. He's, he's nearly, nearly 40. forty. Yeah, he's nearly forty. Um, there was a little bit of controversy about uh, Reichelt this summer. Um, in that you know he's taken up cross country skiing. You know when you get fun. Wait, no, because when you get old, you take up cross country skiing. <laughs> Just, well, getting ready for retirement. Yeah, he's getting ready for his retirement. He's taken up cross country, and he's been really into it, and it's kept him fit. And um, he was working together with the Austrian cross country. Oh, the, yes, I remember. Yeah, I remember got this story. Basically yeah. done, and uh, you know because he was blood doping all of his athletes, yeah. and uh, you know that all so broke up by association. The, been, been yeah. So Hannes Reichelt was hauled in by association and was like well you know this guy he's a friend of yours and he's like well he was teaching me to cross country ski I mean it's not that, like that's Hannes Reichelt that's, that's <laughs> that was the only thing he was teaching him shall we well yeah yeah I know but it's you know sometimes you know you've got to pick your friends carefully don't you I yeah, guess but no no um, you know no suspicion uh, on Reichelt at all um, but yeah just guilty uh, or just suspected by association yeah, over tough, the summer. Tough distraction, not something you want when you're about to start no. chucking yourself down a hill pretty quickly. No. Um, Shall we have a little look at what's coming up this weekend? So yeah. We've got women in Lake Louise, their first speed outings of the season. They've got uh, downhill Friday, downhill Saturday, and Super G on Sunday. Uh, the men have got uh, Super G Friday, downhill Saturday, and GS on Sunday in Beaver Creek, USA. Um, so a busy weekend, both triple day yep. racing. Um, 
it's tough to call what's ha- going to happen with the ladies downhill just because obviously we haven't had any a little bit like it was with well, Lake Louise it's quite tricky to start calling winners no it's not <laughs> apart from <laughs> <laughs> well that actually you could say Michaela Schifrin because the one downhill that she's won let's see if we if she even goes to Lake Louise uh, we're assuming that Schifrin will go to Lake Louise so uh, happy hunting ground for her but it, she's won a downhill there and she's won a Super G there. So for her not to go to Lake Louise, uh, you know, would be, uh, you know, a bit unusual. Yes. Uh, so you could put Schifrin in the shout. Um, definitely for the Super G. I yes. think she's got more chance of winning in Super G than she's got winning of winning in Giant Slalom. Well, I think it's a little bit more open, isn't it? I don't think yeah. she, there's not the real dominance on the speed size as we've seen on the tech side yeah. but I think it's going to be one of those but we've that's... got we've got women coming back from injury so Sophia Goji is back from a broken ankle yeah and, and she's obviously skiing quick because she's doing it in, even in uh, GS yeah so she's fired up uh, Ilka Stewart's uh, she's coming coming we're not sure how you know fit she's going to be we don't know we have no idea of her form um, but last year in while Goggia and Stewart's were away um because you know, Goggia, Goggia came back and uh, from from the ankle, raced the world championships, and then had a crash in uh, Cromontana, didn't she? Or was that Stewart's? That no, Stewart's, Stewart's crashed in Cromontana. Yeah. yeah, so Stewart's hurt her knee again in Cromontana. So uh, yeah, both of those two have had injury plagued uh, seasons. Uh, they're both coming back. While they were away, the Austrians uh, made hay. Uh, with uh, Schmidhofer and Sieben so the two Austrians um, so yeah you, you've still got those in the shout as well so I would go with maybe Stuart's because it's her kind of course for the for the downhill win um, or both downhill wins yeah. or maybe Siebenhofer as well because mm. mm. she won last year Schmidhofer Schmidhofer. Schmidhofer. Schmidhofer won two last year. She did the double last year. I'm going to go Schmidhofer. Schmidhofer won in Cortina. Did the double in Cortina. So Schmidhofer, Stuart's. Stuart's likes the course. you going... I'll go with Stuart's. Go the other side. And I'm going to go Goggia for Super G. Schifrin. Schifrin. You think Schifrin's going to... Schifrin. Schifrin and Goggia second. <laughs> covering all bases. Yeah, this, this is going to work. Yeah, this is going to. But it's it's going to be good for the women to get the long skis on <clears> again and start going quickly. And I th- and gotcha firing on all cylinders. I'm going to. Yeah, going to go her. But uh, and then the men move over to Beaver Creek. We should talk briefly about <clears> the course. Um, it does depend on the setup in terms of what how much water they put in there. I used to like racing here with that little. It had a little bit of grip through the um, through the middle section there. Those big open turns. Uh, I, I just I think it's an exciting piece. Lots of rolls and undulations. Yeah, so birds of prey is a great course. The uh, Golden Eagles <clears throat> as big as it should be. Yeah, the jumps need to be big on the downhill. That's for sure. And uh, you know it breaks down quite nicely because apart from that dead flat bit at the top, 
um, which like is kind of 20 seconds of just ski testing. Uh, once you go onto that fall that away drop, section, that drop yeah, where it just yeah. precipices over yeah. with that big A net creeping yeah. up on you on the left. Yeah, it all gets very hairy, very technical, very steep at the top. And then the lower part of the course is all kind of like long, long radius turns with big jumps. And it, but there needs to be the big jumps. Uh, that's important as well. well. The other thing to take in, take into consideration is it's really, really high up there, the altitude, and it's a long track as yeah, well. Yeah, you need oxygen, don't you? Well, GS, yeah. don't don't give any to <laughs> Stefan Lutz this year. I think he's going to be steering well clear of any <coughs> yeah. sort of canisters this year. Yeah. Um, so let's so, so let's pick um, Super G. Super G's on the Friday. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm going to go for Paris. You're going to go Paris. Yeah. I, I keep calling Kriegmeier and he keeps letting me down. <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to move away from Kriegmeier and I am going to... I might go Kilda. Really? Yeah, just because... No, I think Matthias Meyer's probably the biggest threat. He's already well, won, he's obviously won good one already. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> it's so tough. It's so tough. I don't think this is one for Kilda to win. As, as I said earlier, just I think on the snow he though, will win it? this season but at some so point. He's so fit and so strong. That's yeah. sort of what I'm thinking about, the, how long the course is and if it's the right snow, but you're, it's maybe a little too... Aggressive snow. Yeah, it might be too aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Maya. You're right, convinced. Done. I mean, You're going Maya, I'm, I'm going sw- Paris. So okay, basically cool. a reverse. I'm going for a reverse reversal of, uh, of the podium of, um, of one and two. And then we go back to downhill which is the Saturday's race. Yeah. Uh... <sighs> yeah, difficult one. I think it's a t- I don't think any of these are, are obvious choices. Dressing, I thought my pick off last week. Well, dressing, dressing is that it's ju- I thought it was too early for him coming <clears throat> back and he's just Drop one in well, remember the when? Step. Remember when? But then uh, it's, this Svindal, is when he injured Svindal himself. injured himself in uh, Birds of Prey really badly. Injured himself at the Birds of Prey. Um, uh, he had the the tail of his ski cut into his, you know, almost into his intestines, um, ripped himself open, and he came back. And did he not win on his comeback? He took it slightly easy over the Golden Eagle. Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely. I remember him winding the windows down. I think he was definitely yeah. a little bit cautious there. I, I'm going to go Foyts for the downhill. I think, I, I I don't know, maybe I'll be wrong, but I feel like Dresser might give this one a little bit more of a, a wider berth, maybe, with it being... Well, his... you do have the training runs to kind of get through. Yeah, exactly. Well, so he can find his feet, yeah. But yeah. I, I think Foyts is going to take this one. This is. I think Yanka... Oh, you're going to go Yanka? Yeah. All right. Yeah. You wouldn't have said that 12 months ago. Stick it out there, yeah. So Yanka, good form, technical. You know, he could nail it in there. Obviously, Paris, I think, is going to be on the podium. I would put Paris on the podium for both again. So you're going to go, you think Paris, is Paris your pick? No. Paris my pick for, Paris Paris for the Super G, Yanka Yanka for the downhill. downhill. Right. Giant Stalin? Hirsha. He's going to make a last-minute comeback. <laughs> He's on the plane. He's, He's getting on, on the, the jet. Plane. Red Bull are flying him <laughs> yeah. straight out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, news of his retirement. <laughs> uh, it's all a big ruse. No, um, just wanting a big payday to come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, so, um, yeah, Giant Slalom. Uh, you've got, you can't, 
go much further away from Alexi Pantera. You're going to go Alexi? Yeah. I'm going to stick with the French theme. I'm going to say Favre. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, he, uh, he's he been skiing well. He was quick. Yeah. He picked up a podium in um, Solden. I think if you wanted an outside bet and, and you were looking for someone for outside bet, what about Ligeti? Ooh, it, it, back home. Yeah. Ooh. On the kind of hill. It's almost his favourite hill. It'd be nice to see Ligeti on the podium. Where was he in Solden? Was he fifth? Yeah, he was, was he fifth. Yeah, I yeah, think he, he was, was fifth. Yeah. Um again another one maybe you wouldn't have said that 12 months ago. No. Off the back of that you know home yeah again home 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 Americans screaming for the Americans I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ligeti. In fact the Americans had a really good uh, uh giant slalom in Solden, men's giant slalom. Yes, cuz Tommy Ford they were back to back. Yeah, they? so um Tommy Ford was fourth, Ted Ligeti fifth. So yeah. So you're gonna. So you're gonna go. No, I don't outside, think. I don't think. Bet. You're gonna go podium for Ligeti. Yes, I, I would put if I could get. Uh, what's it called? Um, yeah. Um, each way. Each way. <laughs> each way. Because I'm a really experienced gambler. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm going Pantero for the win, uh, and Ligeti is my each way uh, to get on the podium. Well, there you go. Yeah. I think it's gonna be. I, I do like. Beaver Creek as a as a race hill, it definitely throws everything at the race, especially in GS. That it's one of the longest on the tour. I think it's a minute fifteen or something. That like is that. brutally it's high, high as well. well. It's one where you taste blood <laughs> in your in your mouth. Your lungs are burning so much that you can taste the blood in your mouth oh, of the last ten gates. You've got nothing, right. absolutely nothing left. It is a brutal. It is a brutal race, up and one that's going to need to be um, thrown at the kitchen sink. At, I think if you're going to walk away, but I, I think the calls of Paris is going to be double podium. Almost certainly, that consistency yeah. is going to fare him well. Of course, weather could play a part, you know, and it has done in the past. You know, when Hirscher won the Super G. Um, in uh, Beaver Creek a few years ago, oh, it was he was somewhat one. fortunate because he started early and then the weather all came in. Uh, it can happen, you know. It's been snowing a lot in uh, in Colorado, so yeah, you need to check the weather because that might change everything to our predictions. Well, that's my that's my big that's uh, caveat. caveat yeah, it? so yeah, the, yeah, it's my get out of jail, <laughs> get out of jail card. Check the weather forecast. Check uh, the running. Yeah. Excellent. Right. I think that's all we've got time for. Graham, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. No, cheers, Ed. And we will uh, see if those calls come in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or if we're miles off. Yeah. Know. But uh, we'll see. Thanks again, Graham. Goodbye for now.